Hello, hello, and welcome to Entrepreneur Talks podcast, run by Women Flicks organization. My name is Yola Bastush. I'm one of the co-founders of Women Flicks. At Women Flicks, we provide different services to help support develop and promote your business. Our services are coaching, website development, courses, and workshops for women. Please do go to www.womenflix.org and find more about our company. Also, you can jump on App Store or Android Store and download our new app that we just launched, which is called Women Flicks. And you will be able to get to know us more and get connected with us on any platform through our application on store, Apple Store and Android Store. I'm looking forward to get to know you better and to help you if it's possible. Thank you for being here with us and get ready. This is season eight from Entrepreneur Talks podcast run by Women Flicks. Enjoy. My guest for today's podcast is Dom Ainjorn. I hope, Dom, that I'm saying your name right. So, Dom is an amazing serial entrepreneur. If you want to learn about funding, if you want to learn about startups applying for fundings and get sponsored, um, get support, is this, is the, this is the guy you should be listening this podcast where we're going to talk about startups and how to do, how to create, how to plan for your opportunity and how to apply. So Dom created his own company. It's called Unicorn. So let's welcome Dom. And I'm so sure that you're going to find very helpful this session for any entrepreneur that is about to start or just started or even started a few months ago, you can still apply. Hello, Dom. Welcome to Entrepreneur Talks podcast run by Women Flakes. I'm so excited and it's a pleasure to have you here with me today. Thanks for having me, Yola. Pleasure being on the show. You're welcome. So to start straight away, tell me where are you talking from? 
I am talking to you today from the southwest of France. I'm located in a small town called Sarlat. That's S-A-R-L-A-T that you can look up on Google Maps or on Google Images. It's a beautiful medieval town that has 9,000 people in the winter and two and a half million tourists in the summer. Oh, wow. It's, what is the airport, the nearest airport? On the west side, it would be Bordeaux. We are about two hours uh, uh, east of Bordeaux and we're an hour and a half north of Toulouse. So we're like very much in the, in the heartland of France in the Dordogne department, oh, which is actually where, very well known where you're from. And we have a lot of Brits here that live here or that come to visit. Yeah. I, I know, I know. I do have friends that go houses in there. But what about Marseille? It's too far away because I've been in Marseille. Yeah, it's, Marseille is uh, all the way all the way southeast. Uh, so on the, on, the, on the Riviera, that's probably by car. We're probably five and a half hours away from Marseille. Oh, okay. So it's coast. Oh, okay. Good, good. I've been in Marseille. I've been flying to there for a wedding, which I love it. But I've never been on that side where you are right now. But maybe one day. Thank you so much for letting me know. So sure. I'm in London, uh, UK. So we're not far away, but we are, we still no, we're not far away. We're different countries, by the way. <laughs> so let's move to you, move to your story and to your journey. So, in three words, who is Don? Oh, I'm half French, half German, but I consider myself Alsatian. It has nothing to do with a dog, although the dogs come from the same area. I uh, was born and raised in the northeast of France in the Alsace-Lorraine region, which is the border region to Germany. Uh, right. We're very, very particular. We have our own language. Our region was fought back and forth between France and Germany and changed hands five times between 1870 and 1944. Uh, at the age of 23, I moved to the US. I spent a quarter century in the US and in 2018 moved back to France to uh, open up and launch Unicorn Incubator. That's Unicorn with a Q. And today we're basically provide an ecosystem that helps uh, technology startups uh, grow and thrive. So I was about to ask you, what made you to go move back to France to launch an, a startup incubator? So what is that unicorn incubator? What, what exactly do you do on this business? So, so unicorn, first, first of all, the name itself, as you know, is uni a unicorn in the technology space is a company that is, has a value of one billion or more, which a lot of young entrepreneurs aspire to build, not necessarily because of the money, but because of the stature and of the impact of the of the startup. Uh, but it's also my last name in German, Einhorn. My last name means unicorn. So there's a dual play on that. And uh, Basically, what we did, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with what an incubator is, you can compare it to the incubators that we all know in the hospital environment. When a premature baby is born, it's usually too weak to survive on its own. That's the same for young startups, many young startups. So we provide them with an ecosystem. We nurture them along. We help them on every, every, with every facet of the business, including legal accounting, Uh, business development, engineering, sales, marketing, and we make sure that number one, they survive. And if and when they do, we actually give them a platform to continue to grow and thrive. Right. But, and do you use this system, this incubator for two weeks as well or two months? 
It's typically an incubator, depending on the level of maturity of a startup that comes to us. Right. They will typically spend three to six months within the incubator. Okay. Before moving on into the acceleration phase. And when you say you do help them, it's like a fund people can apply. So it's it's a little bit of everything. So depending on what they have, obviously startups are different. Uh, we only do technology. And typically what happens is that when they come to us, we first make an assessment. We analyze their strengths and their weaknesses. We see if there is a fit with what we do internally. Uh, if there is a fit, there is not necessarily fit for them. If there is a fit for them, there is not necessarily fit for us. So we are very selective in terms of who we're bringing on because it represents a significant investment, both in terms of money and time. Right. Uh, the What makes us unique is the fact that I am personally invested in every deal that we decide to work with. So I'm usually first money in or I'm part of the first investor group uh, that backs that entity. Sometimes we actually uh, register and form the entity even internally because uh, we've seen a number of startups that have not even thought about that next stage, but they already have, in some cases, a product or a service on the market, but they don't have a legal structure yet. So we help them actually build that legal structure, put together the shareholder agreements and things of that nature. And then it's more like check the boxes, you know, what do they currently have? What What's missing? Uh, how strong is their management team? Is it strong enough to basically run the startup on their own? Or do they need very key people in key places? Do they need an advisory board? I very often come onto the advisory board as well, or some of my partners come onto the advisory board. Uh, I'm by definition a marketer. That's what I've been doing for the last 25 years. Uh, one of my lead partners is a finance guy who spent 25 years on Wall Street as an analyst. Uh, so we're very complimentary and uh, very early on when we actually do see if there's a fit with a startup that comes to us, we tried to go through some team building, proper team building procedures with them as well. Mm -hmm. And basically teaching them that, look, if you intend to build a startup to ultimately scale your business, you have to think about what that team will look like today, not tomorrow. Uh, so you have to quickly start thinking beyond yourself because if, you're, if your business scales, there's no way you can do it on your own. You need to have a complementary team with complementary skill sets. And uh, we do that very early on with them. And so uh, in that case, like to make things more simple to my listeners and for me to understand more as well, uh, when you come in as an investor and helping these startups, do you, what is exactly, um, what exactly caught your eye? Because I don't, I want to understand, let's say I want to apply Okay, I'm gonna. I need to apply, but I need to have certain certain things in my company, right? Like more than yeah. five people, or the owner is two or three. Is some certain things that they need. Yeah. To so there, I get, I get the, I get the question, and the the answer. I'm gonna try to make it very simple. You have to have a hook. That's the key term. So. You know, don't come to us and say everything is perfect, everything is rosy, because no startup has that. If you tell me this, my question is going to be, then what do you need me for? If you got it all figured out, you don't need me. Have a nice day, right? Do it on your own. Uh, you have to have a certain level of honesty and authenticity. At the same time, 
you have to be able to show me that you actually have built something that has product market fit or that has some early traction, something that intrigues us enough to say, this is something worth considering. So I'm going to give you a very concrete example. Right. It doesn't have to be this way, but everybody should be able to understand it. Let's say you started developing a mobile app and that mobile app could be B2C, could be B2B. It's basically trying to resolve a specific problem. And you come to me and say, Dom, we're stuck today. Here's what we've developed. We have quite a few people who have already are using our product, or our service, but we don't know how to take it any further, right? That to me is intriguing because you show that you already have a very basic client base. It could be a handful of people. It could be a thousand downloads for an app and you show a little bit of traction, but you're stuck because you've never actually scaled a product or service, whereas we have. Then what I will look at is, I will look at if there is indeed product market fit, if you indeed are providing a tangible solution to an existing problem, and then we can see if we can work together and help you scale that same process. I'm always coming back to very, very simple concepts like problems and solutions, because if you're an entrepreneur, unless you are tackling a real world problem, there's no point being in business, period. And what we're seeing very often today, including from people who come to us, is they, there is a certain breed of entrepreneurs that tend to create the problem they ultimately intend to resolve. And that's not a sustainable business model. There are plenty of real world problems that we still facing as humankind that you can actually resolve. And that's ultimately what we're looking for. Identify a pain point, a friction point, and provide a way, a vehicle that alleviates the friction point via your business. And then, then we have something to talk about. That's really good. That's really good. I was just thinking about, yeah, that was a simple and very straightforward answer. Thank you so much, Dom. Made me sure. understand more. Made me think about about things we're doing and oh, okay because sometimes i'm going to be sincere sometimes i don't know why but I, I believe yes because we are everywhere companies are everywhere and we receive emails from people saying they they want to fund your, your project and i'm looking to that email and i'm thinking why this person should send me this I believe like it's, it's fraud or maybe it's, it's dodgy. It's not a real thing because... Yeah, so I got news for you. I get, I get two or 300 of those a day, right? And I just hit delete as soon as they, as soon as they come in, yes, right? I so think. there's more than an, inter, an, an ulterior motive in there. There are some bona fide ones, but they're they're very, very rare. Uh, and I'll, a lot of them are just like offering you uh, quote unquote free money. And we all know what that means. Yeah. Because you, you as a company on this kind of situation, this kind of business, you're not, you're not sending emails to people, right? To asking no. them if they want to be, no. so, got a, a project because I straight away every, think. Yeah. Everything I, for us, everything is for us is inbound. Uh, we get between 60 and a hundred bona fide real decks from startups every single day. Yeah. But it's funny what you mentioned, because we also triage very, very quickly because we have to, we have no choice because we're overwhelmed with submissions. Yeah. So sometimes we have people who just attach a deck and send it to us blindly. 
I don't care how good that company is, but that's not the right approach. I don't even pay attention to that because if you don't give me an ounce of respect, if you don't at least show me that you've analyzed who I am, what I do for a living and what I typically follow, I'm going to give you the same answer in return, right? Uh, then you have people who just blindly shotgun away, cut and paste the message on LinkedIn or via email. And if they call me, hey, John, and my name is Dom, you're, we're, already, we're already done. Next, right? <laughs> this, is not, this is not what I'm looking for. But then every day we do get some well-structured approaches, uh, people who understand how you actually build relationships, who understand how they can actually get on your radar because they've shown you this ounce of respect and they've followed, they point some, some, to something very specific. For example, hey, Dom, I listened to your podcast on such and such when you mentioned this. Well, now I have context. Yeah. Now you're showing me that you're respecting me enough to at least have spent five minutes of your time listening to who I am and what I do. And all of a sudden you go to the top of the pile. Now I'm paying attention, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you the same level of respect in return. Totally. Yes, correct. So that means you got a, a podcast, right? I do not, but I do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on. We've, we've been toying around. It's funny because I actually very recently set up a, uh, a YouTube channel, but it, it only represents podcasts on which I was invited as a guest. Okay. That's the content. But they usually listen to, you know, podcasts where I am a guest, like like yours right now, and they okay. point to something very specific that I said during that podcast. All right, that's good. It's something that you can think about, Dom. We never know. You can start your own podcast as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. One more thing to to add to the bucket list. <laughs> it's another thing. So and. Now another question that is, thank you so much for this, but now regarding France, why do you think like France is a perfect place to start up, uh, to launch a tech, uh, a tech startup these days? Yeah. yeah, so if you'd asked me the same question five years ago in 2016, I would have told you unequivocally, it's not the best place to start a business, any business, let alone a tech business. If you had asked me the question in 2017, 2018, I would have told you it's probably not the best yet, but it's significantly improved. And since you're asking me the question today, in 2021, 2021, I will tell you that unequivocally, it is definitely a top five. Uh, still not perfect, but quickly getting there because you have a number of incentives. You have a, a burgeoning ecosystem that's been built uh, by, in large parts, by the government and by the regions. Uh, we have a very, very strong French tech label that's also internationalized. That makes it easy to bring foreign investment into tech startups into France. It makes it easy to recruit top talent within your organization, which is obviously paramount to the success of any technology startup. You have something that's called the Talent Passport Visa, which allows you to bring master's degree graduates or beyond very, very quickly, very efficiently inside your startup from anywhere in the world. You can sponsor them. They can come to France. We did it, for example, with two of our Panamanian engineers that I worked with for many years when I moved back to France. Uh, within 48 hours, the kids were in school. Within two weeks, they had the visas. Four-year visa, renewable upon expiration. And the same thing actually applies to investors. 
which allows investors to participate in a French tech startup by way of investment and earn a four-year visa for themselves and their immediate family, renewable upon expiration. And after year five, they, they can apply to become a French citizen as well. Wow, so that sounds fast. Something yeah, it's very, it's become very efficient because if you ask that nine people out of 10 will tell you, well, you know, France, I've heard France is a lot of bureaucracy, et cetera, et cetera, which to a certain degree is still true. Right. But thanks to the internet, uh, thanks to some digital platforms, you're able to disintermediate some of these inefficiencies and basically work extremely efficiently from France. Uh, the infrastructure is bar none. Uh, especially if you compare, compare it to some emerging countries, it's, it's a very well-established country, uh, relatively safe compared to other countries as well. Uh, Top-notch engineering talent, because we have amazing engineering schools, so you don't necessarily have to recruit from the outside, but you can recruit from the inside. And uh, long story short, uh, three and a half years later, if I had to do it over again, I would do exactly the same thing. Wow, that's good. Because uh, at the same time, This message, this this explanation that you just made, brought up now, is not just for anyone that wants to go to France, but also the people that is in France, they can freely sure. build something in there, and there will be things will be moved. Look, I mean, I, I'm 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 the counter example. In 1993, I moved away from France to go to the U.S. to launch my startup. Why? Because it was a nightmare starting anything in France back then. You had more obstacles than opportunities, right? You needed 56 pieces of paperwork just to just to start a business, right? So now you need two or three, right? So, I mean, it's it's 25, 28 years later now, right? So it's certainly evolved. But, uh, you know, I decided to actually do the opposite now. I actually came back, number one, because I always felt more European than American, uh, being half French, half German. And number two, I think it's time to actually use some of the what I've learned over the course of my career and uh, offer it to other startup entrepreneurs. Usually what I tell them is, I cannot necessarily tell you what it is that you should be doing, but I can tell you with almost certainty what it is that you should not be doing, right? I don't have a crystal ball, no one does, but at the same time, you don't have to commit the same errors that I did. Uh, and I can help you grow a lot faster than if you do it on your own. That's fantastic. And that's true by your experience. And when it comes to your incubes, the people that you help to start up, like the startups, what what is the niche? What is, is um, age uh, in terms of age or I believe is European, is in Europe, people yeah. in Europe, right? Age, sex, creed, everything completely agnostic. Uh, we're currently about 30 people uh, and just the management side for Unicorn from 19 different nationalities. Oh. So we're extremely diverse, uh, majority of women versus men, which is not by design. It just happens, I think. If you're, uh, look, at the very least, you're going to have a 50-50 ratio. I'm not a big, I'm very politically incorrect. So when people tell me what it is that I should be doing, I immediately try to do the opposite, right? I don't think any of us should be forced or told to do something by people who have never done it themselves before, right? In particular, politicians. I think that if you actually are a true entrepreneur, you have to learn to think outside the box. And by definition, if someone puts you in a box, it's very difficult to think outside that box, right? What we did is we took a very iterative approach to team building 
and we realize that no matter how smart your people are internally, there's always somebody smarter on the outside. That person can be white, black, green, yellow, I don't care. Can be a male, could be a female, can be transgender, I don't care. What I'm looking for is the best talent because that's what's going to help me succeed. And that's exactly the same recipe we're instilling in all the startups that we're working with. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Don. Amazing, amazing. As I said, I was excited and it's a pleasure to be here and have this conversation with you and help other entrepreneurs in the world to find more about this kind of projects because there's a lot of entrepreneurs like you mentioned and I do mention as well, but they don't know these things. They don't have idea that they can get into a company and get some like support and show their idea but actually by this what by this the this uh, this thing that i just said what do you think how if i would if i would be um an entrepreneur right now and i want to start a business and i'm looking for support what should i go where should i go what should i write on google example Okay, yeah, I think that's an excellent question. And uh, I think there is a wealth of information that you can find that can actually guide you along the way prior to approaching someone like us. Uh, there are amazing tutorials on uh, YouTube in particular. Uh, for example, type in uh, best incubators uh, in your specific space, because now incubators are no longer one size fits all. There are very specific incubators. Let's assume you're in the agri in agri-tech, agricultural technology. You'll have very specific incubators for that that are different than, let's say, fintech, financial technologies, AI. And we are more like a generalist in the tech space. We work with a number of these. And the reason why we work with a number of these is because we usually intervene at the commercial commercialization level when it comes to actually time to market, customer acquisition, marketing that's probably our strength where we can help any of these businesses regardless of domain because it is all driven by pure metrics conversion metrics primarily sizing up the market analyzing where the customers congregate and building a bridge between where to congregate to your specific startup you know and helping them become clients on the acquisition side but you know, a tremendous amount of uh, startup information is out there. Uh, some extremely good, some not so good. Uh, I would recommend that, you know, for anybody in the tech space, for example, one of my daily reads is TechCrunch, which I've been reading for the last 15, 18 years. Uh, that's a Verizon US, it's a US, uh, US blog owned today by Verizon, uh, but very good content across uh, various fields within the tech space. Uh, not necessarily tutorial, but more news type of content. But uh, even though it's news, it carries a lot of additional links to information resources. But you could spend hundreds and not thousands of hours on YouTube, uh, you know, getting knowledge about, let's say, blockchain, decentralized finance, whatever it is you want to get involved in or are already involved in to become more proficient and then because i think unless you have this somewhat granular knowledge it's going to be very difficult for you to actually make an educated decision as to which incubator you should be working with right you need to be armed with a lit at least a minimal amount of knowledge to be 
dangerous enough to ask the right questions, right? And then you can actually approach certain people and what you have learned will translate very well to who you're speaking with. Uh, because when I get an educated question, I can tell this person knows, you know, has at least a little bit of baggage, right? Has done some homework and it becomes a lot easier to engage with them at that time. Thank you, Don. Thank you once again. Sure. That's really helpful because I didn't know. And as my listeners, they can learn, they can go straight away, either on YouTube or Google and write incubators near you. So now my last question, we, we will finish very soon, is how can people connect with you and get more information about your work? Sure. Uh, Easy, easy on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Dom Einhorn. It's D-O-M, as in Mary. Last name is E-I-N, as in Nancy, H-O-R-N. Uh, the website is unicorn, with a Q, unicorninkubator.com. My personal email is dom, D-O-M, at unicorninkubator.com. We're also on YouTube, on most of the uh, social media channels, etc. But uh, if you have a great project, the easiest way to engage with me is via LinkedIn, without a doubt. Uh, we also are hosting the Startup Super Cup, October 1, 2, and 3, which brings together uh, over a thousand angel investors, uh, angel funds, the financial and the startup media, and uh, between 100 and 120 uh, startups in the digital space who will compete for a number of grand prizes. Uh, the grand prize will be an incubation, a large incubation package at Unicorn. Sounds so amazing. Very, very good. Thank you so much once again. And I'm sure you're going to keep, you will keep investing in small entrepreneurs, startups, and do the best for, for helping them to, to succeed in their future, in the near future. Thank you, Dom. Thanks so much for having me, Yola. You're Pleasure welcome. meeting you. You take, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This is the end of our podcast session for today on season eight. I really do hope that you enjoy listening our conversation with our amazing guests. Feel free to get into our website and find more about other guests that we had in the past or the ones that are scheduled for the future. www.womenflakes.org or download our app on Apple Store or Android Store called Women Flakes. And get in touch today if you would like to be our guest. Talk to us either on social media or by email or leave us a message on our website. We would love to get to know you, find more about your story and your journey and get your voice be heard around the globe. You take care and I speak with you again soon. Bye-bye.